0: gosh you're coming to me from from cyberspace <laughs> live via satellite yeah how did I get so lucky <laughs> all right hello everyone welcome back to another episode of a little something Yay! Yeah. I did that on my last episode and I really like hey <laughs> I am so excited to be joined by the beauty the grace The hair that's in place, Ms. (laughs) Erin Clements, Andrew Woo! Thank you. (laughs) Do you like that little tag I gave you? I was thinking about it like all day. I do. I was like, what can I say?
1: The funniest part about it is my hair is never in place.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. Don't lie. No. You lie. (laughs) You lie, you lie. You never lied so much. (laughs) So,
1: Erin... How are yes. you? I am good. I am hanging in there, you
0: know. We all are mm-hmm. trying to, anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, Aaron, you're a huge fan of this podcast, so you already know this. But for the listeners out there that don't, I like to ask my guests, how do you identify?
1: I identify as she/her.
0: Uh, you're married to a, a, a lovely, wonderful man named yes. Colin. Yes. 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 He he's a teacher.
1: Mm-hmm. He teaches in a, the Bronx. New York. He teaches. Oh, sorry, theater. Middle school theater. theater yes. yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Where is he right now?
1: He is in New York right now. So, Got it. he's been there because they're not really sure when they're going back to school or not.
0: <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. I know. Well, let's let's not dwell on on sad topics right now. No. Um so you, you you and I, we went to college together.
1: Yes. Bronchos.
0: Yes. You, <laughs> yes UCO, home of the Bronchos. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, you were a grade below me?
1: I think so. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: But you kind of, I mean, I don't know. Once you get into college, you kind of just find your group and it doesn't really matter freshman, senior, whatever. It just kind of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think there were, only, there were only two of us left in my class by the time we all graduated. So it was like we were sort of integrated <laughs> into
0: your class. <laughs> nice. I love it. Um, I'd love to know what your first impression of me was.
1: I'm trying to remember when we met. I'm racking okay, my so brain. What like...
0: I was racking my brain, too. I think we met at a party. Okay. I think it was Justin Larman at a party for the incoming freshmen.
1: Oh oh my God.
0: And I think like you were there and Ethan Contreras and like, I want to say like Josh McGowan.
1: Okay. Yes. Yes. That would make sense. Does that sound familiar? Oh my gosh. I don't remember this party. There's been so many parties.
0: (laughs) Well, that was a a long time ago.
1: It was.
0: It was.
1: (laughs) I don't even remember. I feel like I've, I feel like with you, I felt like I always have known you. Like, I don't ever felt like there was, like, a a learning curve in knowing you. Old soul. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to think about what my first impression of you was. I remember thinking you were so pretty.
1: Thank you. And
0: feeling very threatened by that, because I was also really pretty. Obvi. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I was like, she's gonna get the lead in the musical this year.
1: (laughs) And I did not. (laughs)
0: I don't even remember what the lead, what the show was that year.
1: Um well, The Fix.
0: Oh Yes. yes.
1: Yeah. And y- mm-hmm. you were the lead in that, weren't you?
0: Well, I had to pay Billy Thrash, but yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I love her. <sighs> I
0: love her too. I miss her. I need to call her. <sighs> um but from some from humble beginnings, yes. you have skyrocketed into a wonderful, not only just like a touring career, but a Broadway career. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So after I graduated from college, well, I guess I should back up a little. While I was in college, mm-hmm. I would work in the summers at Music Theater Wichita, which is, as we know, a great uh, regional theater in Wichita, Kansas. Oh, yes. And um, so after I moved um, from college to New York, I started auditioning and um, getting my toes in the water. And luckily, thanks to Wayne Bryan at Wichita, I got an agent through him Mm -hmm. and uh, been with him ever since. And I ended up getting the Les Mis tour like maybe 10 months after I moved there. Wow. Yeah, it it was really exciting.
0: How long did you tour with Les Mis?
1: I did 13 months. It was like the end of the tour. They had been on the road for like maybe two or three years by the time I got there. So it had been a while. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But then, then it transitioned to Broadway, didn't it?
1: Yeah. So then the show was moving to Broadway and we all got to audition for it. They came to the tour and we auditioned and some people went to Broadway and we did it there for, oh gosh, how many years? I, I did it on and off a few times. Um, mm-hmm. but maybe it was like four or five years total. Mm. I was doing Le <laughs> You
0: You went on as Eponine.
1: Yes, yes. Quite a bit. Mm hmm. And I, I played Eponine for a while um, at the end of Nicky James's run and the beginning oh, of wow. Brandon
0: Lark's. Yeah. <sighs> what? Now, I'm going to be honest here. I don't like that show. Fair, <laughs> only because it is very sad, and um, there are moments of uh, there are moments of beautiful, like uh, spiritual levity. Mm-hmm. I think, especially towards the end, when Jean Valjean is you know dies, mm-hmm. um, but the payoff to me is not necessarily worth all of the hardship. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, the cheese does stand alone here because that is everyone loves it, and if if you do love it, I fully. Encourage and support that. Um, <laughs> what were your thoughts about that show going into it versus when you were in it?
1: I think, well, I had done it once at Wichita the very first year mm-hmm. I worked there. And I loved it because the. And when you're in the ensemble of that show, it's an exciting ensemble because you're in so many scenes and you get to be so many different characters. And mm-hmm. I actually remember saying to my mom while I was doing it there, Um, If I was ever in a show for a long time, I wish it would be Les Mis because it's so fun. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) That is crazy. (laughs) So anyway, doing it at first was like really great. And then I think doing anything eight shows a week for four or five years is like, okay, I have had enough and I don't ever need to do that
0: again. Mm -hmm
1: um it because it's a very long show it's very long and
0: yeah it's like three hours isn't it
1: yeah yeah um and you know once you've sort of like explored to the ends of what you can do in a show it's like all right it's time to move on
0: <laughs> Mm-hmm. fair moving from les mis mm-hmm. you did hamilton
1: not yet so well, oh, um, after, do tell. During Les Mis, I did um, Prince of Broadway in Japan. Oh,
0: yes, 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 yes.
1: Yeah, so I left for a while to do that. And then um, right after Les Mis, uh, I ended up doing the beautiful national tour.
0: Right, Yeah. yeah right. So
1: I did that for about nine months before I got Hamilton.
0: Do you like touring?
1: You know, I loved tour the first time I did it with Mm is. I was like, oh my God, this is exciting. You get paid and you're traveling. Like, you know, I hadn't been all over the country at that time. And anytime Mm -hmm. you get paid to travel, you know, it's awesome. Oh, I do know. (laughs) But the older I get. (laughs) (laughs) And also it depends on like the role you're playing on tour. Like this last year when I was playing Eliza. You know, it was a very hard role, so it's like you can't yes, go is. out and do like the fun stuff. You know, you've got to take mm. care of yourself. So.
0: Right. <laughs> I think it's so funny that you say, you, you, "When you the older you get, the more you're like, can I just be somewhere with a dishwasher for the yes, love of God
1: and a washing I'm machine?" So sick of this.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what? How do you measure? Success now versus, mm. saying say when you're in college. I just feel like when you're in college, you know, the whole time you're in this little bubble of you got to get out there. You mm-hmm. you got to be a star, kid, and it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. You're my my concept of success was like I got to get on Broadway. Mm-hmm. That's it. I got to do it. Mm-hmm. And then when you get out there, you realize that there's so many other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have done so much. You've been on tour. You've been on Broadway. You've done these exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, conceptual uh, pieces of theater, too. I would just love to know what how you feel about success and what success looks like to you now versus when it, what it was.
1: Yeah, so I have a few thoughts about that. So when I was in college, that was and certainly I... my mindset, too. Um, mm-hmm. Broadway, must do Broadway, must get it, have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite quotes of all time is, <laughs> wherever you go, there you are. Mm. And I think that's something you learn as you get older, that like, no matter what level of success or, you know, how high we think we're going, it you're always going to be you. So it's like, whatever mm-hmm. crap you're trying to escape by being successful or being seen, it, you're not going to escape it. It's just going to get heightened. So to me, it's like, you know, Broadway is obviously great. And, you know, what is the word? Um, Obviously it's lucrative, Broadway and tours. Like that's like the way to like make a living as an actor. Like that's the reality of it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So obviously it's great in that way. But I think once you get there, you realize, you know, this is just another show. Like just like if I were to do a show anywhere. I mean it has a bigger budget, but it's we're all the same. Actors are all the same. So it's like you start to realize that really what's important is cultivating yourself as an artist like what do i want to be a part of what are the things that i want to be saying with my work because <clears throat> mm-hmm. i think when you first graduate you're like oh I'll, I'll be in anything i'll do anything because i just like want to be a part of it and you mm-hmm. realize that when you're in things that like don't mean anything to you it's not very fulfilling
0: <laughs> right
1: so um i think when you do get to be a part of something like a hamilton that Really means something to you and means something to other people. You're like, oh, this is where it's at. Like this Mm -hmm. is something that matters and like what I want to be doing in my work. And and if I can't do that, then maybe I shouldn't do other things. You know.
0: Oh sure. That makes sense.
1: But that's a privilege too. I know we were going to talk about privilege later, but
0: no, it is a
1: privilege because it's like you know. As you get more successful in your career, you get to, you know, sort of decide more what you're going to do because you have the power to, like, quit things. And also when you're a married person, it's easier because you got somebody making another income. You know, mm-hmm. it's the realities yeah. of it.
0: So surprise, this is a gay podcast. Woo! I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about gay people. <laughs> um, what is your experience? uh Been with the gay culture. You grew up in Lawton, Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Lawton, and honestly, I didn't even think about the fact that people were gay when I was young. It was like Mm -hmm. I knew they were, but I didn't think about it. I guess I don't know. I I knew one person who was openly gay that went to my high school. And loved him. He was in my choir. And then, you know, going into theater in college, I obviously met a lot of people in the gay community. And and that was... You did? (laughs) Can you believe it?
0: (laughs) There are gays in theater?
1: I know. It's a shock.
0: Does the church know (laughs) about
1: this? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Definitely my mind was, you know, opened to new Mm -hmm. ways of being in the world.
0: You seem like a pretty open-minded person, in general do you yeah is that kind of just from your upbringing
1: yeah I think I think the reason I never thought about really people being gay is like I never even thought it was wrong like nobody in my house was saying like that's not right you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it was like I never had these ideas that someone being who they were was wrong Oh, uh huh. Um, and, you know, maybe that's because my dad is a therapist and my mom is a social worker. So they both are oh, like extremely yeah. open minded people. And they, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know. It was just like never a thing at my house.
0: You are a woman of color. Mm-hmm. That is okay for me to say, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think that had anything to do with the fact that you are also part of a marginalized group you see? Mm -hmm. other people in a marginalized group and can sympathize.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think being a black, um, female person, it's like, we're extremely marginalized. So like if I am, why would I further marginalize someone else? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's outrageous to me. I, I also just like, I'm like, let people be who they are. It's not hurting anyone. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole idea is like absurd to me. I can't even wrap my hand, my head around it when people are like that.
0: (laughs) I I agree. I agree. (laughs) Fortunately, I think those kind of those, those ideas and ways of thinking are dying off.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's definitely an older mindset.
1: It is. It is. And you know, it's from the church too. Mm-hmm. which I, you know, think is dangerous.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's so funny. My last guest, we we had talked about how people have been using scripture for years to try to get away with keeping other people down.
1: Yep. Yep. I'm actually reading so this book stamped from the beginning right now about like the history of racism. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, it's going into such depth about, you know, how the church has used these narratives to further marginalize people for years
0: yeah so who's that by
1: um i think okay it's either ibram or ibram i'm not sure x Kendi, i believe
0: okay i'm gonna link that in the show notes yes great yeah why we are on the subject of race if you don't mind i would love to talk to you about that Mm -hmm. um Because as a Caucasian person, uh, most of what I know comes from a place of ignorance, Uh, not willful, absolutely not willful, but Mm -hmm. more so I, and and this is also sort of part of the systemic problem in this country is that white people are, I think, purposefully not taught about people of color and their culture. Mm -hmm. What, I would love to know what your thoughts are on... um, how you've experienced race and mm. racism and if it has changed over the years, gotten better, gotten worse. I would love to hear your thoughts.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So growing up, I certainly experienced racism. Um, are
0: there a lot of um, people of color in Lawton?
1: You know, in Lawton there are because we have a military base there. So it is Lawton is a very strange place in the sense that it's it's a city, but it's not really it doesn't feel like a city, but it's also not a small town because there mm. are a lot of people. But it, it is a small town mindset to me. Okay. I can't say that now because I obviously haven't lived there in years, but mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Yeah. Um but there are certainly people of color there. But um I think also being a mixed person, so I'm half black and half white, um, also, gave me a different experience too of the world. Oh. Um, but I certainly experienced racism. I heard the N word growing up. I heard countless microaggressions. People, I mean, I, I can't even recall them all, but
0: anyway. What, what exactly is a microaggression?
1: So, um, things like, you know, wanting to touch a black woman's hair or like
0: oh okay.
1: Saying things like, Oh, I love when black people wear blush, like that kind of thing.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. That is so terrible.
1: Yeah. I had a kid also call me half breed once. It was oh, it was not. Karen,
0: this is awful. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. I I still honestly like I still have to work through those things. Like when I'm home it like that kind of stuff mm, runs through my head all the time but um and you know that's like I feel like I probably experienced the least of it but um Mm -hmm. I also experienced um and now I know this being older that colorism is an issue Uh, oh
0: uh uh-huh
1: and I I experienced some I don't even know what the word is maybe bullying from also black women mostly. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I understand that and I empathize with what that was, um, because I am a lighter skinned woman and I know I have privileges too. And,
0: Uh
1: you know, it, it offends people. So I, I understand there's a lot that goes into, you know, race in this country and anyway, yes. So I was getting it sometimes from both sides, people being like, why do you act so white? You know, I even had a white woman say that to me once, which was very strange. But anyway.
0: What the fuck? What was her deal? Oh,
1: I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, these these are also kids. So they're Mm. experiencing the world as they've been taught. So I'll give them some grace there. But yeah. So anyway, (laughs) going to college was an amazing lift. Of that Because uh-huh. I feel like, um, you know, obviously college is a more liberal place anyway, hopefully. And, sure. you know, being in music theater, obviously people are more open-minded because you have to be open-minded if you want to be a good actor because you got to empathize with characters, therefore people. So I feel like that was definitely a safer place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, although I still feel like there were definitely some microaggressions in college as well yes. um but definitely not to the extent of growing up
0: right well i mean i would just like to say now if ever i did that to you i am sorry i didn't realize it was happening
1: thank you thank you yes. i don't remember a specific instance but thanks
0: uh, I'm sure there were times that I just did it without even knowing. (laughs) I I really did. I'm sorry. Yeah, that that probably did happen.
1: You know, the crazy part is, is that like when you grow up in a society like this, sometimes Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that was happening Mm -hmm. to me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It was like, you know, you're offended, but you're like, why am I offended? Like, why am I triggered by this? You don't have the words for it. And now we have the words for all of it because we're being taught.
0: But that's so... We're living in such a great time right now because so many people are not only just standing up and saying, that's not right. Mm-hmm. But so many people are, are realizing, this is what it is. I have a word for it. And now I can tell you and now you can understand. And now you can also not do these things that are like...
1: Yes. Horrible yes. to other people. Yes. yes. I think
0: it, We have a long way to go, but definitely I think things are slowly getting better and mm-hmm. maybe it's because so much of those old ideas are kind of dying with that generation mm-hmm. which is sad mm-hmm. but at the same time <laughs> you gotta make way for progress yes. you know what i'm saying yes um, what is something in, in your opinion that people that that experience privilege not just white people that experience privilege but you know there's there's Wealth privilege and other things like that. What are, what in your opinion are things that people can do to kind of be of service to not just people of color, but other marginalized groups?
1: Mm. I mean, honestly, I feel like read, read books, ask people, Mm -hmm. be like you are, ask, be open, be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But seriously, like reading is the best thing to learn on your Mm -hmm. own. Because I feel like if we can just understand each other on a deeper level, like, that's where connection and understanding comes in. Because it's like, if you're not doing the work on your own, then, like, you can't put it on the marginalized people to teach you everything.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: But I think, I feel like the learning curve, especially with, like, you know, wealth privilege, not just, like, social privilege, is that they... When you're benefiting from something, it's hard to want to learn about how that might be hurting someone else. Right. And honestly, there are a lot of people who don't care. (laughs) But, you know, if you do care, if you say you care, then do the work to learn how to Mm -hmm. fix it or help.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, What are you reading aside from Stamped from the Beginning? What are some other great books that you've read so far?
1: Oh, my God. So many. Okay, so I read Homegoing, which is actually a fiction book by Yagyasi, I think is how you pronounce her name. Sorry if I okay. messed that up. Um, no, that's fine. I'm
0: going to I'm gonna link everything. So
1: Yes. Um, I love this book, The Person You Mean to Be by um, Dolly Chug, because sort of like what you're talking about, um, it's about biases, but I feel like privilege also comes into play but it's mm-hmm. for everyone. That book is for everyone because we all can have biases. I as a black woman can have biases against other people. So it's mm-hmm. it's about that like intersectionality of like none of us is above what we've grown up with, what we've learned. Yes. It's so good. That's my favorite book recommendation.
0: Okay, amazing. This is yeah. great. I'm definitely uh, I I want to I want to read that, The Person You Mean to Be. That sounds very
1: Yeah. You'll love
0: I... it. <sighs> Yeah, I used to be very much a um just a fiction reader and now I'm I really I'm I've started reading more um memoirs and uh things like that and it's really kind of giving me more of a passion to to kind of branch out into the nonfiction realm.
1: Yes. 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 Love nonfiction. Oh, I love memoirs though. They're so good.
0: Oh, they're so good. Um I read Tab Hunters.
1: Oh, I haven't read this that was so
0: good. It was really good.
1: Oh, I should read that.
0: That's he wrote good. it because he heard somebody else was writing an, a biography about him. And <gasps> he was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> 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 I will write my life story. Thank you. Petty. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well. Gay men are notoriously petty. <laughs> 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 okay. So you mentioned earlier you were in a little known musical. Um, I I hope our listeners know what it is. It's called Hamilton.
1: Yes little little yes. musical.
0: Little musical. I'm going to be completely 100% honest with you. I had never seen it until last night.
1: Oh, cool. That's I exciting. watched it on Disney Plus. Yes. Well,
0: when you were on tour, I really wanted to see it because you came to Tulsa yes. and my boyfriend had season tickets. But oh. he him and his friend had like made this deal like years prior, that if Hamilton ever came, they were going to take each other. And I was like, Oh, I am the love of your life. You have to take me. Oh, no. So I did not get a chance to see it. However, I used my imagination last night and I placed you into the show. Thank you. You were the female swing for, for everyone or the Skylar sisters?
1: The Skylar sisters. Okay. So on tour, I was what? Eliza, but in New York, the swing.
0: That the is cover. insane. How? How?
1: <laughs> Lots of crying. I was like, damn,
0: this is so hard. So
1: much crying. <laughs> I remember when I first joined. So the, the cover is in the ensemble. So she's woman five and she covers the sisters. So okay. I was learning four tracks. And I remember in the very beginning, I was like, there is no way I'm ever learning this. There are so many words. (laughs) And in that show, when you first get there, it's such a learning curve because you have to learn literally all the songs because everyone's in most of them. And all of your um, movement is like on other people's like certain words, (laughs) like little things on the surrounds here. Oh my God. It, it was overwhelming. I cried a lot, but also it was very fulfilling.
0: (laughs) Well, I can imagine. Um, Angelica, she just... Spits out so many words,
1: yes, so many words, so many words that That is impressive. That song is like thrilling to perform because you're like, You there's not even time to think about what you're saying, so you're like, If I mess up it's going to be like crickets because I'm like
0: (laughs) did that ever happen
1: no surprisingly that one I I actually I messed up my words in lame more than in Hamilton which is hilarious (laughs) (laughs) who knows nerves
0: (laughs) okay so uh, who is your favorite sister to do
1: well, acting-wise, Eliza is I'm my I'm sure they favorite. all have their merits. Yeah, yeah. Acting-wise, Eliza is my favorite because she has the biggest journey. I mean, Angelica mm-hmm. sort of satisfied is exciting, but she's more like the strong one. It's a very, like, steady character throughout the show. Right. So, and, you mm-hmm. know, Mariah, Peggy Mariah is fun because Mariah has a little dress in her hair.
0: <laughs> you get to have a little sexy number. A little sexy. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, ooh, ooh you little... Ooh. look at me. <laughs> oh, my husband doesn't love me. <laughs> I've I've have it on good authority that there's a bootleg of your production oh, out there. Oh, there is. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Oh no. That's okay. Hey. I don't have that big of an audience. It's
1: okay. Those things float around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, oh my god, I can't believe someone would do that. Those jerks. <laughs> how dare send me the copies (laughs) (laughs) what was it like to be part of not only um a political milestone but a cultural phenomenon that thing changed not just live theater but the way we view history and politics and Mm -hmm. it just it was such a Turning point for so many things. What, yeah. was, what was it like being a part of that?
1: Um amazing, shortly.
0: <laughs> um, yeah.
1: but also I think so the show had been opened for I think two or three years when I joined, and obviously I'd like followed it, but it, when I joined, I was terrified, obviously, because it was this huge thing. And you know, you're coming in and you're like, you have imposter syndrome, but um they were so welcoming. Like I I really can't say enough for that team because they truly still care about the show they show up all the time to work on it with all the companies you know and they really do care about it they care about the integrity of it they care about all the people that are in it so I Mm -hmm. think just the culture of the company behind the scenes to me was so different from what I had experienced before yeah um and that was extremely refreshing just to feel like cared about in a different way oh right Um, And then also, I know all this is behind the scenes, but... We
0: love behind the scenes. I
1: know. To work in a company with so many other people of color is such a rarity for, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, us. All the shows Mm -hmm. I had been in before, you know, there's like a few of us, it's Token. And, you know, it's just a different culture. So to be around all these different people was just so refreshing and... And I never had to worry about going to work and someone not knowing my name because they get it confused with another black girl. Or, oh yeah, you know it. It just I can't even explain what that feels like when you don't experience it. Yeah, uh, very often. But I, it, it really filled my soul to be a part of it. And then the other layer, the outward Hamilton. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you just see something that has changed the world, basically, the oh, yeah. music theater landscape um, and and seeing, just like greeting fans and seeing how they interact with it. I mean, there were people who say, like, this show saved my life. Like, I don't know. It's just, it was like beyond. I mean, I, I really feel like it's like that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Like, you know, shows mm-hmm. like that don't come around very often that change the entire landscape. So yeah. I don't know. I just feel really lucky
0: did you ever get to meet lynn
1: oh yes yeah. so lynn lynn came to new york quite a few times when i first joined and then um when was we he were nice on... oh yes very nice <laughs> very nice <laughs> i <laughs> yeah. assumed
0: he was he seems like a nice guy yeah
1: that's truly i'm not being political or trying to be they're really all lovely people mm-hmm. yeah <laughs>
0: He kind of he kind of knows the deal too because he was an actor for a very yes. long time. Yeah, I mean, he still is.
1: And you know, I feel like that's honestly maybe what helps too is he has like an empathetic understanding of what it feels like to be in the show. So uh-huh. I feel like you know that definitely helped
0: mm-hmm. the culture. Did a lot of um, famous people come and see your show when it was on Broadway? Yes.
1: So I. I missed Meryl, which is always my life regret, (gasps) but, um, I know, I'm so mad, so mad, (laughs) but, um, Aretha Franklin came while I was there and I got to meet her. So that was incredible, um, before she Ah. passed and, um, John Travolta came. We've had a lot of like NBA, NFL players. Um, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, who were some other cool ones? Was it Mike Pence that came one night? He did. I was not in the show at that point no okay but um that was fairly early on i do remember that yeah that was you know that was would have been 2016 so that would have been i don't even know was that yeah that would have been like right after they opened on broadway yeah i think because
0: i think 2015 is when it opened i think
1: oh okay so it wouldn't have been it was like a year maybe afterwards yeah well still
0: most shows don't even make it a year yeah (laughs) exactly wow um (laughs) Who is like the worst person you met? Who is the bitchiest <laughs> celeb you met?
1: I don't even know. Put them need... on blast. I don't even, there were no, no bitchy people. I'm serious.
0: <sighs> That's so boring.
1: No, I'm sorry. <laughs> there weren't. <laughs> there weren't. I'm so sorry.
0: Did you get to meet RuPaul? Did RuPaul no. come?
1: No, no, I didn't. I don't think he came while I was there. Or if he did, Damn. no one told me. Jewel came. I just remembered that.
0: Ooh, yeah,
1: that's kind of cool. Very a little
0: blast from the past. I
1: know. I remember being like seven years old listening to her music. I was like, Same. that says everything about me and you. <laughs> <laughs> My <hand's more> <laughs> just like angsty at seven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we are in the middle of a global pandemic live theater is no longer really happening in person. I mean, there's still remote virtual mm-hmm. kinds of things, but that doesn't really, that's, that's so sad. because it doesn't really capture the magic of live performing. No. What, what do you think the future of live performance is going to be like?
1: I mean, in okay. My... How about this?
0: <laughs> no. So finish your thought.
1: Okay. In my hopiest of hopes, yes i i hope that once these vaccines get distributed that life can return a bit normally (laughs) i i hope um but the other part of me is like i now we have new strains like what's gonna happen with that and I mean, it's kind of like, not even in the sense of live theater, but sometimes now when I go into restaurants, I'm like, why were these workers not wearing masks before when they were making my
0: food? <laughs> yeah. So I oh, feel I'm like right it's stuff
1: like that that we've sort of realized. And I don't know. It It's quite scary with theater because it's like, the vaccine's not like the only thing that's going to save us. We're going to have to have mm-hmm. other measures. There's going to have to be better cleaning measures in theaters. Um, You know, requirements for cleanliness. I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, Broadway theaters especially are like notoriously disgusting. Yeah. (laughs) And and old and not cleaned. I I don't know. I don't know why they don't (laughs) clean them
0: probably because they didn't they haven't really ever had to yeah well new york in general is kind of a germy place if you really think about it it is There's so many people touching everything so they probably are just like i mean what's a what's a hand dress i mean yeah why wipe it down
1: yeah (laughs) i know i know i'm continually shocked that i didn't get covid when we first shut down because a lot of people in my dressing room had covid So I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. And I mean, we're all on stage, like singing to each other, kissing, touching, like I, who knows?
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: It's pretty crazy.
0: You haven't, you you never got it?
1: I don't think so. But of course, at the beginning, I could have been asymptomatic and not known. I I mean, I have no idea. But I know because I never got tested. Because at the beginning, you couldn't get tested unless you were like really ill.
0: Yeah, n- near death. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, you got it." You're like, "Yeah." Yeah,
1: I know my chest is caving in.
0: <laughs> my lung just fell out. I know. <sighs> I I just look at the people that not even just people that want to go back to like live theater, but the people that miss going to concerts mm. and any sort of live venue. The fact that they are is such a want for that mm-hmm. I hope that that's just going to you know trickle down to all live live entertainment and yes I do think it's going to take I think it's going to take some time mhm f- probably a few years
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I do think it's going to come back yeah. my only fear is so I I was in New York about the same time you were mm-hmm. for a little bit. You were there much longer. You were far more successful than I was. Shut but, up. <laughs> I mean, now those what? are the facts. <laughs> um, but it was hard to get a job even then. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like once this is all said and done. And mm-hmm. there are actors that are not only part of the union, but actors that are, you know, Mm -hmm. like me just trying to get their start it's gonna just be so so competitive
1: i know i I do worry about that too (laughs) because also you know to have vaccines to have the ppe to have these things in the theater that keep people safe requires money i Mm -hmm. mean so it is a little scary because you're like well who are the shows that have the money to do this and oh right and if there aren't that many then that's less jobs so yeah, I do I do have that fear too But I, I hope eventually it'll bounce back It's got to I mean, theater survived far worse, right?
0: Yeah, like what did they do in in the early 1800s with the Spanish flu? I... There was theater back then, there was Broadway back then Yeah, yeah, definitely so They had to have done something
1: Yeah, I, I don't know what they did I mean, I don't know, I'd have to research that
0: Oh, I should have done my research. <laughs> I am a professional podcaster these days. You look professional right now. <laughs> Me?
1: Yes.
0: In my hat and my button-down chambray? Yes. In my home office? <laughs> it does look professional. <laughs> uh, well, you know, this microphone only costs about $50, so, you know. I'm really breaking the bank over here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you miss the New York of the the pre pandemic New York?
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I was just thinking yeah. about when you and I were there together, and um yeah, you were like, "I think I had just moved there." Mm-hmm. And you invited me over for cheese and wine and I was like, okay, it'll be it'll be cute And I was like, let me just stop at the bodega and just get a block of something. Yeah, I think I brought over like a block of Swiss and I got there and you had like several charcuterie boards laid out. I was like, <laughs> oh, and I had this stupid little block of cheese. No! I was like, here. <laughs> You were like, Can I offer you some dried apricots with a drizzle of raw honey? I was like, Yeah, I guess. I'm sorry. I didn't know we were doing this.
1: I like to entertain, okay?
0: Listen, and I loved to be entertained, so thank you.
1: I remember dying. That? I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: It was great.
1: We had a good time that night. You're making me sound really fancy. I'm not fancy
0: at all. You're very fancy. No. Yes, you are. Sliced artisanal meats means fancy. Anna.
1: True, true. Prosciutto.
0: <laughs> See I I didn't even know what that was until I came over to your house. Shut up. I was like, You mean this is high end ham? Put it in my mouth. <laughs> Oh, you crack me up. You know, I do what I can, I do what I can. (laughs) Um, What are you working on these days? Are you you keeping yourself busy?
1: I am. So for a long time during the pandemic, I was working um, doing this online thing called Broadway Plus, where you like meet with fans and do Q&As. And then I started a directing fellowship at my acting studio.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, so that's been fun. I sort of like, Switch directions. And okay. I um, I was teaching a class there for a little while with three other people called 4C, which is um, color-conscious character creation. Um, okay. So that was exciting. And then lately, I've still been doing my directing fellowship, but I went back to school for my master's um, Did all you? online. Yes. <laughs> <gasps> That's yeah. so
0: wonderful.
1: Yeah. Um, not in theater, though. Um, public and nonprofit management. So i'm excited so right now i'm in my first semester which is scary to write papers again for the first time in 10 years (laughs) but um it's been good and and then i'm gonna direct a show actually at uco this
0: (gasps) shut up this
1: spring yeah
0: oh my god is this are we getting are we getting the first
1: this is the first drop first drop
0: (gasps) (gasps) you heard it here first listeners (laughs) A Little Something Gay is bringing you the news. Yes. What are you directing?
1: Ain't misbehaving. Nice. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> Listen, I have to tell you, you, when we were in college together, you did this wonderful impersonation um, of <laughs> Shog Avery from The Color Purple singing Push the Button. <laughs> yes. But it- you sang it in like a little baby voice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think about that constantly. Sometimes it's I try a to recreate <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs> it's
1: so good.
0: It's so funny. But also,
1: like, why? Why? I don't know. <laughs>
0: why did happen- I sing it in a baby voice? It just happened so organically, and it was hilarious. <laughs> Do you have any impersonations that you pull out? Is that on your special skills? You know,
1: skills? I used to do Heather Headley, but I haven't done it in a while.
0: <clears throat> oh, we were in—we did a little. I project. That directing project. Yes, fine.
1: we did. I think that might be why I started doing that
0: impression. <laughs> can you? Can we get a little Heather Headley? Okay. This is the moment when the gods expect me to beg for help. <laughs> Just all in the back of the throat.
1: Also, the, the little Celine came in there, I think. I think they are, they're they very are similar. Cut from the same cloth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very they, epic, they both... very lifted. Yes.
0: <laughs> in the in the back of the soft palette. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yes. Um Okay, so when is ain't misbehaving? Is it, it spring? It is
1: the fifteenth of May, I believe, that weekend. Okay. Yeah
0: cool yeah um is it just one weekend i think so oh boo
1: that might be a lie but um i'll get back to you are
0: they are they (laughs) are they gonna do it outdoors like they did the other it's
1: gonna be at the jazz lab oh nice yeah yeah
0: what a great space for that because you can really spread out there
1: yeah i'm like oh yeah the jazz lab duh ain't (laughs) misbehaving
0: That's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited for you.
1: Thanks. It's oh, be fun. you'll get to be there with
0: like Cassie and Greg. Yeah,
1: and Ryan Steer. Oh, and Ryan Steer. Yes. Yeah.
0: Remember when you thought that that Ryan and Haley killed Cassie?
1: Yes, and I was right.
0: She's dead. Ghost. <laughs> she's a ghost. She's, she's, a go- UC- she's, she's Lizzie Haunted Willow. UC- <laughs> <laughs> that was that was fun.
1: They turned her into Lizzie Willow. <laughs> they killed Cassie! They killed Cassie!
0: We walk they in the bathroom and they're <laughs> they're in the tub <laughs> laughing with each other.
1: <laughs> what is happening? Very diabolical.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're very diabolical. <laughs> I feel like we are we're sort of getting towards the end here. E- This was so fun. Yes, it
1: was.
0: I'm so glad you decided to do this.
1: Me too. Thanks for asking me.
0: I was nervous about asking you. Why? I thought you'd say no. What?
1: (laughs) Oh my God, no. I was
0: like, she's busy. She, she didn't have time for me. I'm so busily unemployed. (laughs) You're getting a master's.
1: I know, but still.
0: That is not, that is not just a light, (laughs) a a light chore.
1: That's true. That's true then I'm, I'm not too busy for my friends, ever. Oh, you're so kind. Oh my God, I'm going to blush.
0: Oh. Um, so, since we are getting to the end, i like to wrap it up by asking my guests, is there a gay person in your life that has influenced you in any type of way?
1: You know, there are so many gay people who have influenced me in a wonderful way, but the person that comes to mind is my friend Suni. Um... They are younger than me, and they are seriously so open, so... They offer such information and are such a light in the world that I learn from them, seriously, like, every day. <laughs> they post, mm-hmm. um, if you want to follow them on social media, that's probably the person that's that influenced me now, most mm-hmm. specifically, to keep my mind open and keep learning and understanding Um, how different people walk through the world and that, you know, I have blind spots too. Yeah.
0: We could all stand with taking those blinders off. Yes, yeah. Seeing the world and 360 and not just what's ahead of us.
1: Yes, because there's so many experiences of life that we don't understand. And we don't even know that some people are hiding, you know, because they feel like they Mm -hmm. can't be who they are.
0: Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on uh, the new Biden presidency?
1: I'm excited.
0: Me? <laughs> I mean too.
1: anything besides what we had before,
0: right? Exactly.
1: Um but also I obviously I'm most excited about Kamala Harris, but um Same. <clears throat> yeah, I'm 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 interested to see if they deliver on all the promises, which I know can be tough. Um, Uh but I do feel excited and I feel especially excited about, you know, the things that happened in Georgia, this election and, and, you know, even here in Oklahoma, I think, um, what is her, um, their name, Maury, Maury Turner, I believe, Mm. I think is a representative here. Um, and they're super exciting. I mean, I feel like it's changing. I feel like our world, well, Maybe not our world, but America's maybe keeping up with the rest of the world now.
0: (laughs) But really, though, like we've been so behind on so many things.
1: I know. I know.
0: God, we got to get it together.
1: Yeah. And it felt like, at least to me, it felt like we took many steps back in the last four years. (laughs) Yes, we did. Um, But also, I feel like maybe it was necessary to bring things to light that we thought were eradicated that weren't, you know? It's like people were like, "Oh, we're in a post-racial society," and 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 that presidency really showed that that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I really I agree with you. I think the the last four years were a bit of a setback. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of with the virus, it, it sort of has made a bit of a cultural reset. I think just because so many people are forced to interact with themselves a lot more than they they once had to so they can really check in and see you know they see things on tv and they can really try to check in with how they feel about things you know Mm -hmm. you watch the news and of course there are biases but you can you can also really just start to understand your own thoughts on certain things and not Mm. I don't know. There, there, there's just there's definitely something to be said about being solitary mm. and looking within. That I think a lot of people were forced to do. Yes, yes, which is kind of nice.
1: It is. It really is. Yeah. Like even yeah. for myself, I feel like this time has shown me like what I really value, who I really value, who values mm-hmm. me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. It has been eye opening. I think for everybody. You know, and seeing what's important to you in life, mm-hmm. it's made you focus.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Uh, whether you want to or not. <laughs>
0: One last thing. Yes. Before before I go, um, where can everyone follow you if they want to follow you?
1: Oh, so I'm on uh, Instagram, Erin E. Clemens. And mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really post on Twitter, so you might be bored. But you can follow me anyway. <laughs> And I also have a website, com.
0: Great. And can we go to your website and find the projects you're working on?
1: Yes. Yes. And
0: past projects you have worked on?
1: Yes. Yeah. Great. Yes. Everyone's yes. going to
0: check you out. You're going to get so many hits on your site. I can't
1: wait. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, hey, thank you so much for being a part of A Little Something Gay. Do you have any last words you'd like to impart to the listeners? I just love you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for doing it. (laughs) I'll ask you more often again. Okay. I'm glad. Okay, great. (laughs) Go forth and be gay, everyone. Woo!